Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. Welcome and thanks for being here. I am happy to be joined by my good friend and partner in the hobby. You know, Miss Sports Card Therapist. <laughs> Rob, how you doing tonight, man? Ken, Ken, Ken. I am doing well, my friend. I'm doing very well. Uh, just literally just got off a roundtable recording that is going to be airing on Friday. So uh, I'm just riding high and pumped off that. So so before we started, you were uh, you we were talking about a, 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 a new player, new basketball player. Uh, you wanted to keep going on that? Yeah. So I had asked you. Um, I said, oh, do you know that that player, that new prospect is coming to the NBA Wemby? And you said, yeah, of course. I bought five Sports Illustrated card for kids magazines um, to get his, you know, his card. I said, it, it actually wasn't it wasn't for him. Believe it or not, when I went to get those, it was for uh, Alyssa Thompson was the the number one pick in the in the the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League. So she was in that. So that's why I ordered five of these magazines and then come to find out that this kid's going to be a huge star, right? So I, I kind of lucked out. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So the round table I just recorded a few minutes ago before I got on with you is the, um, in-person auto, uh, in-person on card autographs, right? Is it's, con it was considered very taboo for many, many years. Now it seems like people in the hobby are starting to come around on them. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say they'll ever be as popular or famous as, um, pack pulled rookie autos, but it is what it is. Um, so, so this guy I had on, he said, yeah, so, um, you know, I have some connections overseas. So I, I reached out to a guy I know overseas and offered to buy him basketball tickets to go see Wemby play. And I set, I mailed him internationally, uh, two of Wemby's cards from sports illustrated for kids. And because I bought him basketball tickets, um, you know, he actually got them signed for me and now he's sending them back and I go, Oh my God, man, that is like hustle on another level. That's incredible. He goes, no, you want to know it's hustle on another level is the guy from overseas said, well, if you want me to get them signed, you're going to have to get me tickets right behind the bench. So, uh, <laughs> but it, but it worked out though, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so just to kind of piggyback off that thought real quick. So, rookie autos right and in person on card rookie autos you think of like a, a vintage card um and that athlete autographing it that, that's been something that's been frowned upon for so long but i asked these gentlemen on there i said well what do you think is the reason because i know for the last 12 to 18 months that's really all i've been getting I, i've been getting other stuff here and there right but but my main pc like my bottom row stuff um has been all the in-person authenticated on card autos so he said that that this new generation in the hobby from, you know, maybe the last like, you know, 10 to 15 years or so, they've become infatuated with pack pulled rookie autos like the rookie auto is the big thing now. 
So as people start to look back and they say, well, Michael Jordan didn't have a pack pulled rookie auto. Larry Bird didn't. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor, 69 tops. He didn't. So there's been, um, you know, I think increased interest in these types of cards. Whereas 20, 30 years ago, if you had an index card in your hand or, or, or should I say a baseball, if you had a baseball in your hand and a Mickey Mantle 52 tops rookie and Mickey Mantle was sitting right in front of you for an autograph, most people would give him the ball to sign because that's how taboo it was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at the value of those cards now, it was so frowned upon to have them. So is it because it was so frowned upon that they're more rare, that they're, they're that much more valuable or, you know, we today are looking at it like, wow, this person actually held this card. They, you know, they, they autographed this card that, that becomes more special than, you know, a card that was, you know, just actually more recent, you know, an ultra modern card that was just packed pulled that somebody was sitting in their kitchen or something, you know, just autographing these labels. Cause a lot of those cards that come today, you know, in, in 90% of those sets, they're all sticker autos, right? Any ultra modern stuff, it's all sticker autos until you get up to the national treasures and flawless and things like that, you know, so wh- where's the value of it? Is there value because it's scarce because it was taboo or it was it's valuable because it's a card that's, you know, a little bit better than a non-side card? Oh, it's it's definitely both. It's the whole package for sure. It's, it's definitely the whole package, you know, knowing knowing that player actually held this card. And, you know, even aside from the aesthetics of the card, um, on card auto just always looks better than, than sticker, right? Even uh, so taking into account what it looks like and then taking into account that the athlete probably, I mean, definitely never even touched that card. If it's a sticker auto. He never touched that card. He might not have even touched the label other than the tip of the pen. So, um, yeah, I think when you start to factor in vintage, right? Vintage, vintage is not low pop for the most part unless you're getting up in the eights the nines and the tens the psas um you know vintage isn't low pop there's a lot of vintage um that was printed now i appeals always built differently um also you throw an auto on top of that that's also a differentiator you know like when it comes to modern when it comes to super modern it's the only the one and only differentiator is the grade Right. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's always going to look the same. Very rarely is it going to be super off center. Very rarely is it going to be miscut. Very rarely. So really, it's the grade that that makes things a little bit different. And that's it. Whereas with the vintage and especially the on card autos, now you're starting to talk about. I mean, you're factoring everything there is with vintage, right? It, with with the registration of the card, which means the clarity of the picture, being off-center, being miscut, all these different things, I appeal plays such an important role in vintage. Now you start talking about an on-card auto in the mix, and that mm-hmm. just throws, that just makes it, takes it to a new level. So, yeah. I mean, I love it. I, I think it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys aren't even alive anymore, right? So, a so lot there, of them. Nothing... What's that? A lot of them are alive. Yeah, anymore. yeah. So there's, 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 you know, not like they're going to be more things to be signed, you know. And and I compare that 
because MySpace, the ultra modern, right? And and I just think back and and I think we both owned a similar card, like a Justin Herbert card, right? That was hand signed. But you know, you we go to the shows now and you see almost everybody owns one of those cards, right? So it's not something special anymore. Not like a vintage card that was signed by somebody that you know, is, is not even alive anymore, you know, like that type of thing. It just makes it that, you know, that much more rare and that much more special. I think you're, you're muted. Sorry about that. Yeah. So I, I think I'm, I'm curious, like I know Mike Tyson doesn't sign cards anymore. Right. So if he did sign cards, would you have had that thing cracked out? Like, even if someone offered to crack it out for you so that you wouldn't risk the damage kind of thing, you wouldn't have cracked it out and had him sign it? Nope. Nope. I would have kept it just the way it is. That likely would have made it a pop one. Yeah, maybe, know? but it wouldn't have been the only one. Right? No? It wouldn't have been the only one if he was still signing cards. Everybody who owned one would find him. He's at signings. You know, I, people are messaging me all the time. Oh, he was here. He was there. He was in Michigan. He was in Minnesota. Every one of those would have been signed, I think. So does he only go to states that start with M? <laughs> so, so. Well, well, he was in New York, right? Or New Jersey, wherever the American Dream Mall was. So I, I yep. guess that. So, um. The thing is, I think the Hulk Hogan, I think they all have the same pop, like across the board. Like, you know, I think they're all right around like between pop 30 and 35, which means out of the full sets, you know, only 30 or 35 have been graded because it's likely, you know, people are just getting their full set graded. Um, but I think the Hogan, there's only one signed. That's the only one I'm aware of. I think there's only one signed and it auctioned like six to eight months ago. Oh, so. Okay. But I don't know. I guess it was just just you know throwing it out there. I'm kind of curious yeah. where you're it's at on that. You say that because I didn't even think of that. I guess I would have to look because there's a whole set, right? That Tiger Woods, Oscar De La Hoya. I wonder, yep. you know, um, how many how many of those have people have actually autographed them and have those? I bet Tiger's never autographed one, and if he did, it probably isn't graded. Yeah, I mean Tiger yeah. Tiger doesn't sign much, you know. So you start looking into that, you know, Tyson. One of the ways he makes money is by signing same thing with Hulk yeah. Hogan. So yeah, you go online, there's a million autographed Mike Tyson cards out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so look, your, your, your round tables are going very well, right? Your, your month of round tables are going really great. And, uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, first off, just, just congratulate you on how, how good they are because, you know, I've been, keeping up i'm your i'm your biggest fan right uh watching them and the uh the most recent one you did uh polarizing figures uh with jeff wilson and the great curator just just giving them you know creating and i'm going to say this creating kind of a safe space for for people who have kind of become a, a punching bag in the hobby right so First of all, just kind of your idea, your thought pattern when you were kind of putting these two together and putting this together and and just, you know, at the end, I'm going to give you a, a two part question. And, you know, at the end, you know, when you after you were done listening to it, were you satisfied with the outcome? Was there a lot of shoulda, couldas? Like, how did you feel about that? 
no yeah and i appreciate the kind words on the round tables man and um if you're watching on youtube i just had to go get my son real quick so i'm actually <laughs> holding him right now but um, he's, make, he's making his first appearance on the sports card lessons podcast yeah yeah he is for sure um so he actually appeared on the bounce last year right after he was born with with <laughs> so um so uh so yeah, YouTube is watching them grow, I guess. So as far as the round tables, man, I tell you, it's been it's been incredible. It's been a great experience. It's been so much fun doing them. Um, and yeah, it is really cool to think that I am helping to provide a safe space for people to really open up. And that sounds kind of corny, like especially when you're talking about just like some of the vintage round tables and stuff, you know, but but you know, to get back to your, you know, the first part of your question, which is really about Jeff Wilson and and Dan the Great Curator, uh yeah, it was really important that that I, you know, try to I mean, here's the thing. Jeff Wilson, um, sports card investor, he does not address any of the controversies and uh, negativity that he encounters on a daily basis in the hobby, right? There's a big section of the hobby. I don't know about big, but there's a loud section of the hobby that just really does not like him and is very accusatory toward him, but he doesn't ever address that stuff on any of his channels or brands. So when I reached out to him, I asked him if he, you know, how he'd feel about doing this kind of like, um, you know, it, it would be a kind of a tough interview. You know, I told him I wasn't going to throw him softballs because if I threw him softballs, he would gain no credibility and I would lose credibility. So mm -hmm. for me, it was important to um, let him know that I wasn't, I was going to, you know, try to take all emotion out of it. And I was uh, going to, throw him some, you know, tough questions. And I didn't give him a heads up as to what the questions were going to be. Um, but, you know, I asked him about some of the things that he's been accused of, um, how he's handled the negativity, um, you know, asked him about some of his failed, some of his failed, uh, you know, ventures that he's tried like NFTs and, um, you know, and let him know that like, you know, there are some people out there that are like pissed off when you try to develop things like nfts and basically try to it feels like you know try to poach sports card you know collectors and and people in the hobby to start collecting something totally different you know there, there's people in the hobby that do not like that stuff so um you know to make a long story short you know he was he was incredible with his with his answers um he didn't he didn't dodge oh he didn't dodge any um any questions you know he didn't dodge any questions and uh you know he was just very very direct very direct and uh mm -hmm. i was appreciative of him for coming on you know and hopefully uh i mean i've i've spoken with him multiple times since the interview and it seems like he's gotten incredible feedback on it and he was just really appreciative that he could answer some of those tough questions and kind of clap back at some of the people that have been negative toward him um you know and do that on a pretty decent sized platform that i have and not have to do it on his own platform and kind of maybe tarnish the image he's built up by clapping back yeah and i think it's important too like you know when you make mistakes in doing anything, if you could try to correct the mistakes or make an attempt to correct the mistakes, it says a lot about your character, right? So 
you know, when he was talking about the NFTs and things like that, when I was listening to it, I mean, one of the most important things he was putting out there was saying, you know, he was making people whole, you know, at the end, he was making sure nobody was, was out. Now I know, I know you, you, you know, you, you got feedback, what both positive and negative, right? So as, as the creator, the content creator, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, the, con the, the comments you got back, your positive stuff and some of your negative stuff too. Like what, you know, what, what people's thoughts were, because, you know, as I ask you that question, you know, there's probably things that people are firing at because I'm reading some of the stuff and, you know, when people were talking about stuff, I had to literally go back and try to look some of this stuff up because it was like, oh, I had no idea about this. Right. So, you know, as, as you getting comments back, were they all pretty like, yeah, I, I, I was expecting this or were some of them like, I really had to check it out. No. Yeah. I think overwhelmingly, um, the reaction, it was, I, I could probably split the reactions like up in quarters. I would say probably like a quarter of the reactions were like, Oh man, I cannot believe you provided such like a really cool, unique environment for them to really clap back at some of these people and explain themselves, not just clap back because I didn't want to give them a platform to clap back on. That's not what I was trying to do. I know I've used that phrase multiple times now, but, um, that wasn't what I was trying to do. I was also trying to get some real answers out of them and, and not give them like wiggle room, if that makes sense, you know? Um, so probably like 25% of the comments were, you know, like that was amazing. You did a great job. I was so glad to hear it. Um, another 25% were like, um, yeah, enjoyed, enjoyed the episode, but I don't, I still don't like them. And these are the reasons why, um, then another 25%, probably more than that though, they were like, oh, I actually like Jeff and Dan, you know, like, like the guys in my vintage chat, you know, I've, I've talked about this on my, uh, on, on the Wolfpack, uh, solo episode I did that dropped this week. Um, the vintage chat that I have that I'm a part of, there's like 30 guys in it. almost every single person was like, oh, I really like Jeff. He does a lot of good stuff for the kids, you know, and they, they so they weren't negative, you know? Um, and then, um, I think, you know, the other 25% was pretty, pretty neutral. So really, I think probably only a quarter of it was negative. A quarter of it was negative at the most. Uh, you know, I had one guy approach me at Fenway that was kind of, you know, something triggered him. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, you know, it's just, it's been pretty, pretty good, surprisingly good, you know, and I've had people um, that I thought were going to, you know, be upset that I had them on, you know, because there's some people that just don't like them um, and, and they've even been pretty cool with it. So, you know, and I think too, people that have come into the hobby more recently to don't, don't know a lot of the backstory. Right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's probably, and, and again, we called it a safe space, but just for them to kind of give both of them, even Dan too. I mean, we've been talking about Jeff, but even Dan too, kind of, you know, just, just tell their story a little bit and talk about, you know, give their sides of, of certain things, but it doesn't mean that, right. We're, you're jumping on one side or another. And that's what the cool thing about being a content creator, right? You don't have to agree or disagree, but if you create a space for somebody to come out and, 
tell their side of the story or what's going on. It's always, uh, you know, it's always, it's nice to be neutral and it's nice to be able to, uh, you know, create that space. Yeah. And, and absolutely, man. So one thing that I'll say about Dan, the great curator, you know, and I've talked about this on my show, like he's someone who's turned into, um, you know, I guess I don't want to say a friend, but he's, he's turned into, you know, yeah, probably a friend in the hobby, you know, and, um, you know, even though we've never actually met in person, like we've known each other over a year, just never met in person. Um, but you know, spent a lot of time talking, communicating and whatnot. Um, but regardless, and, and I don't care what people think about that. I, there's a lot of people that don't like him and I have no problem saying that out loud that like, Hey, you know, he's someone I talk to. Um, but what I wanted to do is, and I let him know this. And if anything, I'll lose any kind of relationship I have with him before I lose my integrity as like my podcast. Right. So, so I, before the episode said to Dan, like, listen, man, like I'm not, I'm going to go, I'm going to ask you the questions. And he was like, good. Cause I think my impression anyways, not that we've talked about it much, but my impression is like, he, he defends himself, I think, to a degree or at least even a little bit on his channel. But it seems like he's not really swaying anyone by doing that. Right. He's not he's not swaying anyone because the people that watch him probably support him. And if, if, if you don't like him, chances are you uh, aren't watching his channel. So he was looking forward to coming on uh, my platform and and kind of confronting some of these things and and explaining himself because i had some tough questions for him too and like i said i would much rather lose a real any relationship i have with him before i like brought him on my podcast and threw him softballs yeah. you know because the, you know the listeners will see right through that and that's yeah. like the last thing i want to do i want to you know i want to establish myself and i think i have as someone that you know if there's tough questions to be asked i will so yeah yeah, and I think you've you've shown that over the, uh, you know, the, all these seasons and on the podcast with anybody that you've had on. I remember the uh, Probstein interview, you know, to, coming right out and asking about shilling and things like that. So I know I know you, and I know you like you, you you like to ask those tough questions sometimes, right? You like to ask those questions that everybody wants you to ask. Listen, I'll put on a dress and and, and become Barbara Walters if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> there's a site <laughs> <laughs> oh you've seen it before yeah so look we're uh we're we're 10 months since the last national and and that 10 months in this hobby feels like it's been two years yeah so i just wanted to to ask you you know over over that time since since last july like some of the bigger lessons you've learned in the hobby, you know, some, you know, like sports card lessons, we're all about lessons, right? So just like for you, some lessons, some, some lessons learned in the hobby. Well, one lesson that I just learned tonight actually was that um, I shouldn't crack out a card and send it out to someone to get regraded. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'll, I'll let you share that story another day because I, yeah, I'm sure I'm yeah. sure there's some episodes coming up. Um you know I wasn't really prepared for that question so I don't have any like great answers. Um you know I I just you know I feel like a couple lessons I've learned is is 
not to you can't do the hobby perfect and don't try to be perfect so when something feels good in terms of cards you know um lean into it you know and and you know because i always kind of stayed in the middle lane i think you know so to speak and um you know even though the seasons are of the podcast are broken up differently you know i think back to last july and i had had my lebron card for about five months at that point and and that's i kind of leaned into that fast lane and i leaned into the fast lane though you know not the slow lane you know and now i'm probably operating somewhere in that middle lane i think is probably a better way to put it and uh but when i like something i'm leaning into it and when it feels good i'm leaning into it and i've been collecting um a lot more giants and yankees cards i'm buying a lot more raw i'm putting a lot more things in binders you know what i mean i'm kind of like getting back like the root like the roots of it you know and and i say that after i just bought him a homes rookie auto but other other than that though i'm trying to to think back did you have any vintage i mean were you in the vintage? oh yeah 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 i had my big willie mays flip i had my big willie mays oh yeah yeah yeah, that's right yeah yeah so um I've 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 been really hard into vintage now for um coming up on two years. Yeah, coming yep. up on two years is when I because from the start, from the start, even you know, and I was collecting way before I started the podcast, but from episode one I talked about how at the top of my PC pyramid it was Mickey Mantle and Hulk Hogan. You know, mm-hmm. so I've always had that vintage bug, you know, yeah. and and when I think about it too, is you know, it's never a modern Mickey Mantle card. It's only the vintage playing day Mickey Mantles that I always liked. And uh and even the Hulk Hogan. When I when I whenever I've said Hulk Hogan, I wasn't talking about anything modern or super modern. In my mind, it was always the 82 All-Stars and always the 85 Tops rookies, you know. So so it's always been vintage for me. I think I just never put on that vintage cap until probably mm-hmm. about 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. And I could remember setting up with you with all those uh those uh 82 all-star cards the wrestling all-stars what's that yeah the 82 wrestling all-stars yeah yeah when people would just stop in their tracks you know just to stop and reminisce about the uh just those cards in in general that was uh and and how much you've built your hogan collection since then right yeah and you know what too so last week um and and just like an uh on a whim i put this i put my hogan collection together and i took a picture of it and i posted it online at a really good price too for the lot you know i think it was something like like 11k or something like that i was asking for basically most of my big um hogan's because i was going for some pretty big cards and i was going for that um that george mikan type one photo you know and it's just like i was really setting my sights high almost like reminiscent of when i got the lebron rookie auto you know mm-hmm. like going for something like really swinging for the fences yeah. um but you know it didn't happen and uh but i'm still here man you know it's yeah. all it did was enable me by me not getting the george mike in type one photo um on the pwcc premiere auction a couple weeks ago that enabled me to pick up like four huge cards you know what i mean like you know my mantle autos that i recently got which i'm just like blown away by um you know the mahomes national treasure so i feel good about it man i'm feeling you know i'm i'm active yeah that uh so i know you mentioned your lebron card and i know the the price is down since you've purchased it um 
just just a question that just came to mind. Uh, another one you're not expecting, but do you believe in that card enough that if you saw one at a, another similar at a good price, would you would you jump into it? Yes. And uh, did I say this to you, or was I just thinking it in my head? Um, when we saw one, I think there's one. Uh, is it running on Golden? Is it tonight? I forget what. Oh yeah, but, I sent yeah. that to you. I sent a picture of you that. You did to send you. it to me. Yeah. yeah, I would absolutely. I was thinking about making a run at that one I was posting on Golden, and I think we know the person who who's that is because these cards just never pop up. These yeah. cards never pop up. So when they do, it's usually the same one or two of them that just keep on getting flipped because yeah. the other two hundred of them that were ever printed are either still in boxes or they're just in a long-term collection like mine is. Yeah. And that's what we say. You, we, you know, you see that a lot with these cards, these higher end cards, well, you know, in our area, you'll see them show up at the shows and people will, you know, try to sell them at the shows and move them around the shows. And then eventually if nobody buys it, you see, it'll, you'll see it either on, you know, the PWCC or another one of the auction sites. And then it kind of gets, uh, you know, it gets it gets sold and then it it starts its its journey again around, you know, around the sites and, and people see it. And, you know, I, I, I guess what is it? Market, right? You really can't call that a hot potato on that card because, you know, it's that's a big card to be hot potatoing, you know, or any of those big cards like that. You know, it's you, you, you hope that they end up in the hands of a collector. Right. And not just somebody who wants to buy it and, and reflip it again. Like you, you bought that card and you're, you've, you've held that card and you believe in that card as a collector. So you hope those cards, you know, end up in the hands of a collector and not just continue to people try to flip it. Yeah. And, and God forbid, like worst case scenario, like say you pick up a PSA eight or a PSA nine or something like that. And, and, you know, you run into one guy who just tries to be, greedy and then they crack out a card like that lebron card then they try to they try to alter it and then it ends up ruining the card forever and now it'll never get a grade yeah 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 that's a big chance to take a real big chance to take so so look man i see you have your hands full with my little buddy there so i will uh i'll let you go and uh get him back to bed but i appreciate you coming on uh i appreciate this uh every other week getting together. Uh, I, I really look forward to these. Likewise, man. Likewise. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, and yeah, this is what happens, you know, when you're, when you're home, the wife's not home and, uh, and, and I still think I can podcast. That's what happens. Yeah. Well, the little guy decides to wake up. Yeah. The little man's always invited. He can always, can always come hang out. You got to get him a little chair with a little <laughs> microphone. You just set him up there, right? you know. <laughs> Give him a little sp sports card therapist uh, T-shirt. <laughs> All right. Man. Well, listen, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Uh, listen, you're coming up on episode 100 soon. Just want to say congratulations, man, you know, and, and you've just been killing it, man. Thank you. You are must listen every week. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. And if you like what you hear, please like, definitely subscribe, and most importantly, tell a friend and spread the word. And until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Take care, Rob. Bye.